Hey there, future friends. This week, we are doing things a little differently. In fact, we'll be doing things a little differently until next year. So let us not beat around the bush any longer. Welcome to Future Flicks with Billiam. My future friends, welcome to the show. That's right. As you can tell by the title of this episode, this is not going to be a regular episode. We knew that was going to happen. It happens every year around the holidays, but especially this year because I am leaving on the 6th for the UK for three weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I did not want to just have a whole month without an episode. So I am trying my best to do at most three more episodes before I go so I can just post them when I'm in the UK. I don't have to record anything new. So what I'm going to do for these next three episodes, hopefully three, mind you, that is the ideal. What I'm going to do for the next three is I'm going to tell you the most notable movie coming out, the biggest theatrical or streaming release. And then I will talk about some other topics. So this week I'm going to do the one movie that I think is worth a theatrical trip. And then I'm going to And then I'm going to talk about the most anticipated movies of 2023. I'm not going to go super in-depth. I'm just going to go over everything that has a release date for next year. But normally on the show, I do things a bit different. Normally on this show, it's all about all of the movies coming out during the week. I break them into two categories, the limited releases and the wide releases and interesting indies, just like it sounds. Every limited release that didn't catch my eye in one section In the next section, the limited and indies that did catch my eye and every nationwide and major streaming release, no matter how good or bad it looks. I also give you a pick of the week normally, which I would say, hey, friends, if you go to the theater this week, you have one film that's the best chance of being worth it. And here it is. So that's all I'm giving you this week. And let's talk about that film, which is called Violent Night. So we love holiday movies that come around the holiday time. As we know, some holiday movies come out during the summer. Miracle on 34th Street came out in the summer when it did, or the original movie. I also think Die Hard and Gremlins had summer release dates. But anyway, we like it when a holiday movie comes out around that holiday. You know, one of my criticisms of horror is that for some reason, early spring, late winter, early spring is a big time for horror. Uh, A lot of the Insidious movies came out around that time. I don't know why. Every year, there's a bunch of horror around that time. And sometimes I get it. If a Marvel movie or DC or some other big blockbuster is releasing in the fall, maybe you want to avoid that. But come on, really? But this one is a Christmas horror or a Christmas thriller. I think thriller is more spot on. So this is called Violent Night getting a nationwide release. The premise is as follows. When a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. This stars David Harbour from Stranger Things, John Leguizamo from Summer of Sam, Beverly D'Angelo from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Cam Gigandent from The O.C., and Eddie Patterson from The Righteous Gemstones, or Edie. I think it's Edie Patterson. So this movie is a great example of something you can watch 
early on in the holiday season. It does have that holiday feeling about it. It's not one of the classics, and I don't think it's going to be a classic. Weird, right, that a movie like this isn't going to be a classic. But that's not entirely fair, because we have movies like Black Christmas, one of the many iterations of it. We have some, something like Gremlins, which may not be a horror, but it's not your typical holiday fare. We have a lot of movies that don't really fit the mold. So this one just doesn't look like it's going to be one of the greats or one of the memorable ones, not because of its genre, but just because it looks it looks okay. I like David Harbour. I like John Leguizamo. This has a good cast. They do good work, and I trust them to do good work, but the thing is that it just kind of seems okay. I don't think I would hate watching it. I think, I think I'd actually enjoy it. Maybe it might even be a yearly watch, but nothing closer to Christmas, because we all know Closer to Christmas, you watch something new that you think might be good, and you watch the classics or the new ones that you love. Just something you love and something new that you think you might love. And I think early on in the season is a great time for this movie. I think this is coming out on a great week. The first full week in December, best time. It looks enjoyable, but not for the whole family. Of course, this does get an R rating. What I do actually like about this movie, I just rewatched the trailer to refresh it is that it is Santa. So David Harbour is Santa Claus, and he he does a good job. He, he's not the greatest Santa. He's not going to go down on my list of best Santas, but he's not bad. And what's also good is that this isn't, it's violent, but it's not so violent where it's, it kind of takes you out of the holiday season. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is a part in the trailer where he stuffs a grenade in someone's pants and watches them blow up. And that is pretty violent, but it's not, oddly enough, it doesn't feel crass. It feels like it actually manages to keep the holiday spirit throughout the film, even though we have Santa doing very un-Santa-like things. And I think that's a very fine line to walk. And if they can do that, this is going to be a memorable movie. Still nothing that will be anyone's favorite, but something that can be, like I said, put on your watch list every year, just earlier in the season. So Violent Night skippable, yes, but also if you want to start getting in that holiday season mood, not a bad way to start, not a bad hour and 40 minutes to spend in the theaters. A violent night, worth your time, but also it'd be worth your time to wait and watch it later. Violent Night gets a 7 out of 11. It really was a slow week, folks. There is some good stuff coming out on streaming. You can definitely look it up, but there were so many movies coming out that I just looked at the list and I was like, you know what, let's just start my holiday-themed posts or my holiday-themed shows. So this week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, like I said, go over all of the releases that I'm excited for, or at least that are noteworthy. I'm not going to talk long about all of them. I'm, In fact, for some of them, I'm, I might just say, hey, this is coming out, here's the day, and move on. But everything I wrote down, I think, is a notable one. I'll really just talk about the ones that I'm super excited for or the ones that I, I think I can just talk about off the top of my head. So actually, the first thing during the year that caught my eye is actually a re-release. So on the 2nd of February, that movie is called Titanic. Yes, Titanic, the 25th anniversary remastered re-release is coming out on February 10th. What better movie for the Valentine season than a story about insta-love, but a period piece? Don't get me wrong, it's a great movie. I love it. I do think it, it deserves all the accolades it gets. And having the chance to see it again in theaters 
would be really cool. I've seen it in theaters twice uh, when it was first released and then the first re-release they did. So I should probably see this one too. Take my wife. I don't think she's ever seen it in theaters. So yes, she's never seen it in theaters. So that would be a good choice. Uh, it is getting, if I read this correctly, a IMAX 3D remastered re-release as well, but it's going to be a wider release than just IMAX, so anyone can enjoy this. That's coming out the 10th. I did re-look to make sure there's nothing I was missing in January, and nothing, really nothing jumped out at me. We have a couple interesting horrors. Uh, we have Tom Hanks is a man called Otto, which is a remake, an American remake of a film from Sweden based on a book called by Frederick Bachman called The Man Called Uva. And they wanted to remake it because apparently it did really well when it came out. In fact, I really wanted to see it. I still haven't seen it, but it the book was truly amazing. One of my favorites. And what stood out to me is that the actor who plays Uva, uh, Rolf Lasgard, is a better curmudgeon because this is about a grumpy, old, hateful, just old man who over the course of the book, or in this case movie, you get to know more about and you get to learn why he's like that. Is he really that bad? And it's a really touching book. But now we're getting it remade with Tom Hanks, who's fantastic, don't get me wrong. And it's called A Man Called Otto because they thought that Americans would have a hard time pronouncing and understanding the name Uva. And I just don't think that's the only reason. I think they realized that if they kept the original name, they would lose a big group of people who wouldn't even want to give it a chance. Nothing big in January coming out. The first one in February, Titanic. But also in February, the very next week, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. Now, we know this one is going to be a huge, huge movie for the MCU. It's going to be pivotal. It's going to be pivotal because it's introducing Kang the Conqueror to the MCU. Because we knew Kang before. We met him in Loki. But that Kang is gone. This Kang... The one we're seeing in this, who's going to be the big bad guy for this new set of phases, is a different Kang, played by the same person, Jonathan Majors, who is going to be in two movies. I'm going to talk, be talking about this episode. But this movie is going to set the tone for the rest of the phases in this set. This is going to introduce us to the big bad guy who people aren't as familiar with as they were with Thanos. If you're a comic fan, even a moderate comic fan like I am, you will already know Kang the Conqueror. But for everyone else, this is going to be their first introduction, and it's really going to set the stage for everything to come. This is the movie. Uh, this is the first of a few Marvel movies coming out that year, in 2023, that is. That is going to be bonkers. After Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania on the 17th, we move to February, where we have... The next film from Jonathan Majors, which is Creed 3. So we have Ryan Coogler returning to write, or he, or he already wrote this, and is producing it. And we have Michael B. Jordan directing this, starring Jonathan Majors, well him and Jonathan Majors, and Tessa Thompson. And this movie is basically mimicking Rocky V, I think, the one where Rocky has to beat the person that he helped train, because Adonis is thriving now, and then an, a friend from his past came back, played by Jonathan Majors, who he trains in boxing, and then Jonathan Majors turns into this huge asshole, and Creed has to put him down. Very excited for that one. Like I said, coming out February 3rd. 
Our next big one comes out on the 10th of February. That's Scream 6, the next movie in the Scream franchise, which we're not sure where this one is going so far because it's rumored, or so far it's been reported, that Nev Campbell has no part in this. We still got all the speculation from the last movie where we saw Matthew Lillard on set. Was he just hanging out or did he record his scenes for this movie back then? What's going on? But either way, Scream 5 was a really good Scream movie. It was a really good horror movie. It was a great throwback, basically a great rebirth, especially after Scream 4, which I didn't like that much. It was it wasn't enjoyed that much. By many people, even Scream fans, I, I thought it was lacking, but Scream 5 brought it back. We're getting the return of the two sisters. We're getting the return of the siblings who are niece and nephew to Randy. And Hayden Pennington, or however you say her name, is going to be in the movie. Uh, she's returning as Kirby, who is in Scream 4, the one I was just talking about. So the question is, is Nev Campbell really not going to be in it? Is she in it just a little bit because they're going to kill her? I hope that's not the case because Wes Craven said that he never wanted Sydney to die, but of course he doesn't have a hand in this because he passed away back in 2015. So basically they can do whatever they want. Uh, I'm excited for this and I cannot wait to see it in theaters. After that, we have Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which I'll be honest, I still haven't seen Black Adam and all of the reviews from the people I trust. Because remember, folks, Rotten Tomatoes, find a couple of people that you trust and follow them, listen to them. If you can't make up your own mind, that is. But sometimes it's good to get it's good to get a heads up from people you trust. So the people I trust said that it's fun, but not good. And Shazam! Fury of the Gods, I, I am very excited, but I'm also a little skeptical. So I will see this opening week, but I'm not as hyped as I am for some of the MCU. Later that month, we're still in March, March 24th, we have John Wick 4. That's all I need to say. John Wick 4. More John Wick. That's what we need. That's what we want. I don't think this is supposed to be the last one. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. It could be or it could be a five part one. But in this movie, we also have on top of Keanu Reeves, Donnie Yen, It Man himself. We have It, Bill Skarsgård. We have Hiroyuki Sonata. And then returning, we have Lance Reddick and Lawrence Fishburne. This is a fantastic cast. Ian McShane returning. Uh, Scott Atkins is in it too. He sure is a person. This is going to be cool. John Wick 1 was a revelation. John Wick 2 kept it going. John Wick 3, not as good, but it's it's just plain ass fun. I think 4 is going to be somewhere in between 2 and 3, where it's going to be better than 3 was. But 3 wasn't bad. Do not get me wrong. But it's not going to be as good as the first two. But what we get, what, what I'm really excited for is more of this universe, more of the world. And that's really what I want. And more Keanu Reeves being a BAMF. After John Wick 4, we have the movie that we saw the trailer for at the Super Bowl, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, coming out March 31st. Remember that one? Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Reggae Jean Page, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, Hugh Grant. It looks stupid, but it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like the kind of movie that you would just get a big bag of popcorn, maybe even crack open a beer and watch. Great, no, fun, yes. So once again, the 31st of March for that. Let us move on to April. 
Did I have to count the months in my head because I couldn't remember that four meant April right off the bat? Yes. Yes. So April only has one movie that I made a note of, and it's one that I'm not excited for, and it's a Super Mario Brothers movie. Just because I... It does look cool, but Chris Pratt's voice was just so bad, and I'm hoping they were pranking us. I'm hoping that's so much better but I'm just sick of these mega cast animated movies because that's all we get anymore. We also have other interesting movies coming out in April, like uh, Chevalier, uh, Reinfeld, or Renfield, I mean, Renfield. Renfield, of course, was Dracula's um, person, the person that he, he kind of f***s with his mind and makes him his bitch, basically. I forgot what that's called. Evil Dead Rise, an HBO Max original. Uh, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which is going to be fucking uplifting. But April looks basically skippable, with Super Mario Brothers being the biggest one, and for that, I'm still not impressed. And I am ignoring the fact that Chris Pratt is potentially cancel-worthy, even though James Gunn came to his aid saying, no, none of that's true. Let's ignore that. Let's ignore all of that, for the purpose of me saying that it still doesn't look that good. I thought the trailer was exciting, I got a little hyped for it at the time, but now that the hype has died down, I'm just like, eh. No thanks. My future friends, before we get into May, let us take our first and only break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies? Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. All right, friends, we are back. We are back with the next movie and the next MCU film, which I'm very, very excited for. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Coming out the 5th of May, I still haven't seen the holiday special, but everyone is loving it so far. I cannot wait to see it. I was just warned by a good friend of mine to be in the right mental space for it, because if I had ever cried during a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I will cry like a bitch during this one. So I am waiting, because I will cry like a bitch, and there is nothing wrong with that. He says, because he still remembers when he watched Dead Poets Society in English class in high school and cried during it and got made fun of by everyone. Yeah, that didn't happen to me. You can't prove it. No, I did. That, that did happen to me. It's, it's a sad movie. But let's move on. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. The thing is, James Gunn, we trust him. We trust James Gunn. He has not been canceled for anything. He has not delivered us any shit. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, not as good as 1, but still a lot of fun. Still really enjoyable. James Gunn does great work. Guardians of the Galaxy movies, he did The Suicide Squad from 2021. Just great stuff. 
So now the question is, where is the Guardians of the Galaxy going from here? Because we know this is the last time or the last ride for some of them. Uh, if reports are to be believed, it's going to be Drax's last ride. What's going to happen to Gamora? What's going to happen to Peter Quill? Uh, uh, any of them. How many of the Guardians as we know it are going to make it to the end of this saga? And I think this movie is going to tell us that because in the Infinity Saga, we got two Guardians movies. Will we get two in this one? I don't think we will. Assuming this saga is three phases as well. Wait, four? Three. Three phases, right? The first one was three phases? Let's just go with that. If I'm wrong, uh, just let me know. But I really don't think we're going to get another Guardians movie before the phase ends or before the saga ends. So this is going to really tell us a lot about what we can expect from the final movie in this saga. Little Mermaid on the 26th. Mostly because I'm, so, I'm hoping so bad that it's good. I'm hoping, praying that this is going to be good. Just so people like, like us, you know, you and me, normal ass people who aren't terrible racists can watch a movie, love it, and go, f***ing look, we made Ariel Black and it was amazing because the, the race, the gender, the color, whatever of the person doesn't matter in terms of quality what does matter is that we're representing people what does matter is those little girls in those videos that we saw so excited to see a black disney princess to see ariel black to see ariel with hair like theirs to see themselves on the big screen that is what's important and i i pray to god that it's good because there's nothing worse than a movie when a movie tries to do something like this, tries to make a statement, tries to do something good, it tries to do something progressive, and it screws the pooch by being bad. I can't remember the last time it happened, but one that comes to mind was the female Ghostbusters movie. People going, oh, it was shit because it was women. And like, look at Chris and Critter from the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. They didn't like it, but they are smart enough to know that that is not the reason. They didn't like it because of totally different things. Because they're good people. So hopefully The Little Mermaid will be a good film. Let's go on to the next one. One of my most anticipated movies of the year coming out June 2nd. I am so excited. It's in my top three most anticipated. And that movie is called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Coming out the 2nd of June. Like I said, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, still one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. One of my most re-watched comic book movies. Last time I went to the UK, there was this big cluster when it came to picking me up. It wasn't, it wasn't my wife or her mother's fault. It was this, this other ass guy's fault. But anyway, when I was in the uh, airport waiting to be picked up, I just put on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and, and forgot that time existed. I just got sucked into it. Even watching it on my tiny ass phone, I loved it. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, I, I have no reason to believe it's not going to be just as good. It looks still beautifully done, and we get to see more of these characters we got, we got to know, and we're getting introduced to Spider-Man 2099. Spider-Man 2099 is a fantastic character that I don't think gets enough love. And if one more thing with Miles Morales does so well, maybe we'll see, maybe we will fully see Miles Morales in the flesh in a movie because they have to do it. We've had Miles, Miles Morales in animated movies. We've had Miles Morales in the video games, all of which slapped. Yes, I'm an elder millennial using that term. They slapped. Also, I just cringed 
inwardly a little bit using that term elder millennial. I, I think it, it just doesn't work with me. But also, I think I have to use it because it, it, it accurately describes where I am in life. But anyway, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, we get more Miles, we get more Spider-Gwen, I am down. Uh, two more movies that I'm, that I'm really iffy about. And actually, I, I forgot to give this warning in the beginning. Some of these dates are tentative. Some of them can change. We know that because... Ghostbusters Afterlife was originally supposed to come out on my birthday in the year 2020. Instead, it came out in 2021, not on my f***ing birthday. So all of these dates are tentative, subject to change. But on the 23rd, we're getting The Flash, and I'm so scared. I, I am so scared with what we're getting. I used to be so excited for this movie. Michael Keaton returning as Batman? I just don't know what's happening with all the bullshit going on with Ezra Miller. Are they really just going through with it and releasing it? Because there was talk for a while of re-shooting all of his scenes and replacing him. I just don't know, and I'm scared. Also, I'm not very stoked on Indiana Jones 5, which is tentatively released on the 30th of June. My question is why? Besides the obvious paycheck for Disney, besides that, why? Why are we seeing this again? I want to know if they really had a script that someone read and said, yes, we have to do this. Is that really the case? I will not start to even remotely be interested in this movie until we see a trailer that doesn't suck. I was not excited for Indiana Jones 4, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Rightly so. Not excited for that one, but what I'm not excited for that one, but what I am excited for is coming out on the 7th of July. That's Insidious Fear the Dark. Yes, another Insidious movie. And yes, we're getting Rosebine Patrick Wilson back. They're not one person. Uh, Rosebine and Patrick Wilson, sorry. But we haven't seen them since the second movie. Uh, Insidious 3 and 4 had nothing to do with them. But now the family returns as Dalton is going to college. And the question is, will we see Lynn Shea again? Because I don't see listed. I don't see. The two people that were helping Lynn Shea's character out. Of course, we know her character is dead. But what we do know, Rosebine, Patrick Wilson, f***ing fantastic. Still written by Leigh Winall, who wrote 2, 3, and 4, or 3 and 4. Remember, James Wan started the series. Leigh Winnell took over. And even if it's crap, I, I'm excited. I loved the Insidious series so much. And even if it's bad, it's going to be good to me. Because Insidious 4, The Last Key, was bad. And I loved it. I mean, I hated it, but I loved it. You know what I mean. On the 14th, my birthday, we get Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yes, the first in the final duology of the Mission Impossible series. And Mission Impossible movies are like Fast and the Furious ones now. I don't really give a shit. I just am going to go to the theater to see an action-packed movie that I'm going to enjoy. Will it be good? Will it be a quality film? No. Will it be fun? Yes. The 21st, we get Oppenheimer. That's Christopher Nolan's new movie about, well, the creation of the atomic bomb. That, of course, is going to be dope. Christopher Nolan is a fantastic director. I, I don't think he's failed us much, really. The Marvels on 7-28, July 28th, we're getting the Marvels movie, which I, again, I'm excited for, but I'm not looking forward to the review bombing that's going to happen. It's There's going to be review bombing. It's a Marvel movie with an all-female cast. You know that's going to happen. It's shitty, but you know it's going to happen. I was also not a big fan of the Captain Marvel movie. I mean, it was okay, but it was just kind of boring. 
And in fact, I'm not a big fan of the Captain Marvel character. I like her. I like the actress. It's just the character's boring, even though they explain why she's boring. Doesn't make it any better. I am excited for Miss Marvel and Monica Rambeau. That would be cool. Let's step into August. Meg to the trench on August 4th. Yeah, I'll see it. The Meg was stupid. Did you see the Meg? It was stupid, but it was fun. But I enjoyed it. But it was stupid. And I love stupid action movies. And we're getting another Meg. That, that's all I need to know. We're getting Jason Statham back. Done. Jason Statham and a stupid f***ing action movie. Done. On August 18th, we have Blue Beetle. I sure hope this comes out because I loved Blue Beetle as a DC character. I think he's really good. But what Blue Beetle is going to help tell us is that are they still going to work on a connected DC universe? Or is that fully gone? Because we know that the Snyderverse has been f***ing demolished. That is going to be gone. But are they still going to try to combine them all into a cohesive universe? I think the Blue Beetle is going to tell us that. September 1st, we have the Equalizer 3. That is a sequel to the Equalizer 2. Shock, right? Now, remember those Denzel Washington movies based on an old police procedural from like the 70s? Yeah, it'll be fun. On the 8th of September, we have The Nun 2. Now, The Nun is my least favorite Conjuring verse movie. I think it is easily the worst, but it's still a Conjuring movie, so I will still watch it. Even though I, I actively disliked, intensely disliked The Nun, I'm going to watch The Nun 2 because I will give money to The Conjuring verse until they fully disappoint me too many times in a row. Talking about stupid action films, Expendables 4 getting a September 22nd release, so there we go. Another super tentative movie, Craven the Hunter, October 6th. I kind of want to revisit this episode in uh, like early winter, late fall, early winter next year, just to see how many of these are actually coming out. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry if a lot of these get pushed or don't come out because I am going off information from right now. But yes, reportedly Craven the Hunter, a Spider-Verse film, hopefully a Spider-Verse film because... Who the f*** is Craven without Spider-Man? You know, now that I think about it, isn't it weird that they're doing a Craven movie without Spider-Man? Like, do we really care about the origin story of him without Spider-Man being part of it? Aaron Taylor Johnson as uh, Craven the Hunter, Russell Crowe as an unnamed character. Yeah, I'll watch it, but eh, why? And I forgot to write down the dates, but at this point, I really don't care. Uh, but also in October... We are getting another Saw movie, the 10th f***ing Saw film. So when the Saw franchise ended the first time, when it ended the first time, I really liked it. I thought it was a great, complete story. Then they released Jigsaw, and I was like, okay, well, that's shit, but at least they're not touching the movies. At least they're not touching the complete story that they did. And then they released Spiral, the, uh, the Saw-inspired movie by Chris Rock, or with Chris Rock. It was okay. It wasn't great. But hey, it didn't touch the original story, which was, like I said, nice and complete and wrapped up. If they fuck, if they fuck with how well they wrapped up the Saw series by making another one, I'm going to be so angry. Anyway, supposedly on the 3rd of November, we're getting Dune Part 2. I still have not seen Dune Part 1. Don't tell anyone. I kind of wanted to finish the book first and I was liking the book and then I put the book down and then I got scared because it's big and I ran away like a 
bitch. But Dune Part 1 broke records. It made it made a lot of waves. A lot of people loved it. Dune Part 2 coming out next year, hopefully. Another notable one that I don't really care about that much. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. The origin story of President White or President Snow or whatever the f*** Donald Sutherland's character's name was. I was never a fan of the series. I thought... I thought it was mediocre at best, but I, I did respect the series for getting, like helping getting kids back into reading because Twilight, say what you will about the movies, but the books, even though they're, I think they're bad, a lot of kids got back into reading because of them. And that's a great thing. So Hunger Games, if you know anyone who is a big Hunger Games fan, prequel coming out next year. I'm also not excited about Aquaman 2 because as far as I know, Amber Heard's still going to be in it. So that movie can go and get. But my friends, my friends, the most exciting movie next year for me, assuming it comes out and knowing my luck with this franchise, it's not coming out when it says it is. But if it does, I'm going to pop the biggest nerd boner that could be seen from space. My poor wife. That movie is called Ghostbusters Afterlife 2. And I can't wait. I loved Ghostbusters Afterlife so much. It's already been confirmed that the setting is going to be New York. McKenna Grace said in an interview that she was excited to go back because when they originally filmed the movie, she was still like 13 or 14. She was, she was still a kid. And now she's like 17 or 18. So, you know, either almost an adult or an actual adult. So she said she's excited to revisit it. I don't know how far along they are in production at all. So will it actually come out in December? I don't know, but I, I hope it does. What better Christmas gift for me than Ghostbusters Afterlife in theaters. There isn't one. That's the best one. Okay, I lie. My, my wife is obscenely good at getting gifts. Like, she is really good and surprises me quite a bit sometimes. Like, there are gifts I would have never even thought to ask for that she gets me that I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool. Like, one of the ones I use the most is a wireless controller for the Switch. And she was apparently very nervous about giving that to me because she thought it was a risk because she doesn't know much about games or gaming in general, and I use it all the damn time. But if Hollywood can give me one gift next year, that's Ghostbusters Afterlife 2. Because Ghostbusters Afterlife, I loved it so much. I loved it so, so much because it captured the Ghostbusters spirit so well while also being its own thing. That final scene with Gozer on the farm with the original Ghostbusters standing there with McKenna Grace in a proton pack with the ghost of Egon behind her. It was perfect. It was amazing. I, I still get chills. I get choked up thinking about that scene, how good it was. And I cannot wait for number two. It's going to be almost impossible for them to top how good that movie was, but I don't need them to top it. I need them to at least do just a little worse. And I will still be very happy. My future friends, tell me what you're excited for. If all these movies that I mentioned keep their release dates, please tell me what you're most excited for. If there's one you know that's coming out next month, next month, next year, that I did not mention, let me know. I didn't mention Salem's Lot or Legally Blonde 2 or 3. How many Legally Blondes were there? I didn't mention Salem's Lot or the Legally Blonde sequel because they don't have a release date yet, but it's supposed to be 2023, but we'll see. But yes, my friends, tell me what you are most excited for. 
and I will see you hopefully next week if I can complete all my episodes before I go. If I don't, please know that I hope you have a wonderful Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Ramadan or whatever it is you celebrate. Whatever holiday you do or don't celebrate, have a great one. Please remember to check out the good friends of the show, the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast and We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa. Give Watch Your Mouth some love. I know that they're not releasing because of, you know, life and jobs and stuff and, you know, having a having a adult life where you do sh- But hey, maybe if you give them some love, maybe they'll come back and give us a treat. But my future friends, please remember that over the holidays and, you know what, any day in your life, no matter what you do, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.